Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So here comes Moses. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brothers. So he looked this way and he looked that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian. And then he hid him in the sand. Moses checked for witnesses before he sinned. Pastor Greg Laurie says avoiding being seen is a warning sign about our behavior. When you're about to do something you shouldn't do, you look around. Is anybody watching me? He looked this way. He looked that way. Too bad he didn't look up. This is the day when the lost are found. us to learn real lessons from real people. Sometimes we learn from their successes, sometimes we learn from their failures, but it helps us to see principles lived out in real life. And currently on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie is helping us to learn from the life of Moses. He was a great prophet, a true man of God, yet he was a man with shortcomings and blind spots, as are we. Today we'll learn from Moses' impulsiveness and learn from his shortcomings. Okay, so to pick up where we last left off, the Jewish people are growing in number and they're serving the Egyptians as slaves. The Egyptians want to get them out. They want to trim their numbers way back. So the Pharaoh gives a decree. He says to the Hebrew midwives that would deliver the little babies, now if that baby that's born is a boy, I want you to kill him. The girls can live, but kill the boys. Apparently he saw these boys as a potential threat in the future. Well, these Hebrew midwives feared God, the Bible says, and they refused to obey what the Pharaoh told them to do. In fact, the irony of the whole story is the Pharaoh thought the boys were the threat, and it was the women who saved the boys and saved Israel and preserved their nation. And two women in particular are identified among the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Puah. Now there were others, but these two ladies are identified, and it was Jochebed and Miriam, Jochebed the mother of Moses, Miriam the sister of Moses, that obviously played the role in saving him, and even an Egyptian woman that ultimately had compassion on the beautiful baby boy and adopted him into her home. And you remember that Moses was put in that little basket covered with pitch to make it waterproof and it drifted right down there to where the Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, uh, would spend time and she fell in love with little baby Moses, took him into the court and Josephus, the Jewish historian, believes that Moses would have potentially been the Pharaoh of Egypt. And so offering commentary on this, Stephen in Acts chapter 7 said, At that time Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him in and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. So Moses was the whole package. He was handsome, athletic, smart, and he was charismatic. He could sway the masses. And then he was educated in the finest school of the day. To be taught in the wisdom of the Egyptians meant he would be taught in 
Egyptian military tactics, art, music, painting, and of course their religion. This was done in what was known as the Temple of the Sun, which was sort of the Oxford of the ancient world. But underneath those royal robes beat the heart of a believer. Underneath those royal robes was a Jewish man that felt the pain of his fellow Jews who were being treated horribly as slaves to do the work of the Egyptians. And he wanted to help them, but he didn't know what to do. Now if he had played his cards right and kept a low profile, he could have ultimately ascended to the throne of Egypt, become the Pharaoh, and let the people go. But for Moses, this just wasn't right. He knew that's not really what he wanted to do. And we already looked at that passage in Hebrews where it says, Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I think Moses was beginning to understand his destiny. I know God wants me to help the Jewish people, but how should I do it? Well, he had the right idea. <laughs> but he went about it in the wrong way. Let's look at what Exodus Two has to say. Turn there with me if you would. Exodus 2. Drop down to verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses has grown. He went out to his brothers and looked at their burdens. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. One of his brothers. So he looked this way and he looked that way. And when he saw no one he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? He said, Who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses said, Surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of the matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. Okay, let's stop there. Okay, here's a quick question for all the Bible students. Who wrote the book of Exodus? Who knows? Moses. Now, if you were Moses and you were writing these words down, would you have written the words we just read? I might have left that part out. Because Moses is not presented in the best light in what he did here. But he put it in. You know why? Because you can trust this book called the Bible. It presents its heroes, warts and all. It tells the truth about everything. And Moses is telling the truth. Man, I messed up. I should never have done this. And he even tells us what the consequences were as a result. And it's interesting in verse 12 it says he looked this way and he looked that way. You know if you ever uh, look at a surveillance camera in a store and you want to find a shoplifter that's usually what they do. They walk up to the item they're going to take and they go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> grab it, right? When you're about to do something you shouldn't do you look around, is anybody watching me? He looked this way. He looked that way. Too bad he didn't look up. Because if he would have looked up, the Lord would have been saying, no, 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 no. Don't do what you're about to do. And he kills this guy. How did he kill him? We don't know. With his bare hands? Did he thrust him through with a sword? We don't know how he killed him. But he killed this man. And then he hid him in the sand. Kind of a thing to consider. If you're going to kill someone, don't bury them in the sand. Especially when the wind is blowing and it's only a matter of moments before the body is exposed and it went out over every Egyptian social media platform simultaneously. And Moses realized surely this thing is known. Here's the point. 
We want to do the right thing in the right way at the right time. And just as important as the will of God is, is the timing of God. Moses is showing us what happens when impulsiveness reigns. How many of you would describe yourselves as impulsive? Raise your hand up. Oh, I think there's more. <laughs> okay, I'm going to own it. By nature, I am an impulsive person. I'm the person who, if I'm bringing a pizza home for dinner, will eat half the pizza on the way home. <laughs> and by the way, it's not easy to eat a pizza when you're driving. Some foods are easier to eat on the road than others. Burritos work very nicely. Hamburgers are challenging. Pizza, forget about it. Because you know, you, you pick the piece up and, and it's dripping grease, it's hot, and you know, and you're trying to eat it, and you know, you know how it goes. So, and I think that uh, retailers understand our impulsive nature. That's why when you're at the market and you're waiting in the line, and I, I always go to the 12 items or less line. Even if I need to buy more, I just want the shorter line. And I'll be standing there with my six items. And I notice the person in front of me, I'm counting how many they have. Do, am I the only one? How many of you do that? Uh, wow. You're not impulsive, but you're counters, aren't you? Okay. Now I see what's going on. So I'm counting at 14 by my count. But I won't say anything, but I'll think it. Oh, I'll think it. But as you're standing there, what do you have all around you? Things to buy on impulse. Oh, I could buy this magazine, or I can buy this gum, or I could buy these batteries, or I could buy this parrot in a cage. They don't usually have that, but you know, things to buy on impulse. And I'll tell you what, online, they really are figuring this out. Now you have sponsored ads on Instagram. So you're going through your Instagram feed and here comes an ad for something. You click it, next thing you know you've ordered this thing. You didn't want that thing. But now it, it's, it's ordered. It, it's already, a drone's already delivering it to your house. It's, it's on its way. Or you order something really quickly. I was on Amazon the other day and I have a bird feeder so I ordered a bag of bird seed. But I didn't uh, pay attention to how many I ordered. I wanted one bag. I got like 12 bags. All these boxes are coming in. Kathy's like, what did you order? Looks like I got more bird seed than I wanted. The birds were very happy. <laughs> they sent a tweet out, let everybody know. <laughs> I'm very loved in the bird community, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Just ask them next time you talk to one. So, impulsiveness. Thanks for joining us today. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And it's a message called God Enough. Let's continue. So here comes Moses. He kills the Egyptian. Really bad decision. He was probably just filled with anger. You know how it can be when you get outraged by something. So he makes this horrible decision and now the next day he goes out and he sees two Jewish guys having an argument. He steps in, hey, why are you guys having an argument? They're like, who died and made you king? There's one sibling would say to an older sibling, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> They're looking at him like, well, who elected you? In fact, you're gonna make life harder for us because now, 
The Pharaoh's gonna crack down on us and everybody knows you did this. It's out there everywhere. You've ruined our lives. You see, Moses was called to be a leader, but his timing was way off. You know, sometimes people think they're called to be leaders. Here's a good test. You think you're called to be a leader? Go lead. See if anybody follows you. <laughs> if no one follows you, maybe you're not called to be a leader. Not everybody is called to be one. But Moses was called, but no one was following him yet because his timing was off. So now he flees to the wilderness. You know, there's posters everywhere. Wanted. Picture of him. Yeah, I'm out of here. He goes as far as he possibly can go and he ends up becoming a shepherd. Now that may not seem like a big deal to us, but in Egyptian culture, they really looked down on shepherds. That's the lowest of the low. I'm not really sure why they did, but they did. And so he goes from being the prince of Egypt to a shepherd. He goes from being the potential heir apparent of Egypt to becoming a shepherd over someone else's sheep. Gone was his self-confidence in his visions of grandeur. One person summed his life up this way. He was a child of a slave and the son of a queen. He was born in a hut and he lived in a palace. He inherited poverty and he lived in royalty. He was a leader of armies and the keeper of flocks. He was the mightiest of warriors and the meekest of men. He was educated in the court and he dwelt in the desert. Yes, Moses failed, but he failed forward. What does that mean? We all fail in life. But do we learn from our mistakes? You see, if you go and do that bad thing, reap the consequences of it, and do it again, and face the consequences, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again, you're not learning from your mistakes. What's the definition of insanity again? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results? So what we want to do is fail forward. What does it mean to fail forward? It simply means I blew it and I've learned from this mistake and I never want to do this thing again. That's what Moses did. He learned from his mistakes. He was deeply humbled by it all. But don't forget, the Bible says he was Moses the man of God. He was just still a work in progress. So are you. So am I. We all mess up in life. We all fail. We all have our lapses. And I wonder if there's someone here that needs a second chance today. You failed as a husband. You failed as a wife. You've failed as a parent. You've failed as a child to your parents. You've, you've failed as a believer. You've done something you're ashamed of. Okay, can you fail forward? And by that I mean learn from your mistakes and not continue to repeat the bad behavior by the help of God's Spirit? You can. But you have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I admit my sin. I don't make excuses for it. I'm not blaming anybody else. I did this. I'm sorry. I want to make it right today. And there might be somebody here that tried to run from God. That never works. And maybe it's time for you to turn around and come back to the Lord. Well, I know it's time. Well, maybe it is. And then finally, there might be somebody here who has never put their faith in Jesus. And, and by that I mean you're not sure as you listen to this message that you're a child of God. 
Do you know with certainty that you will go to heaven when you die? Let me ask this. If Christ were to come back today, would you be ready to meet Him? If the answer to those questions is no, you can change that right now by believing in Jesus. I'm going to extend an invitation for anybody here that wants to commit or recommit their life to the Lord. Let's all pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the promise of everlasting life if we will believe in Jesus and trust Him as our Savior and Lord. And I pray for anybody hearing wherever they may be, if they don't know you yet, if they don't have you living in their life, help them to come to you now and believe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer with those who'd like to make a change in their relationship with God today. And if you would like to make that kind of change, Pastor Greg would love to help you. He wrapped up his message today by talking about eternity. So let's close now with his thoughts on how a person can know that they're going to heaven. How can a person know they're going to heaven? Let me say at the outset, I believe I'm going to heaven. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, Greg, isn't that kind of arrogant? Not really. Because I know this because God has made a promise to me, and I've believed that promise. The Bible says, we write these things to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. I've believed on the name of the Son of God, thus I know I'll go to heaven when I die. Here's my question to you. Do you believe on the name of the Son of God? Is there any more important issue than that? I can't think of one. So I'd like to lead you in a simple prayer. And this is a prayer where you will be asking Jesus to forgive you of your sin, and you'll be asking him to be your own Savior, friend, Lord. It's a prayer only you can pray. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose from the dead. Jesus, come into my life. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. And I thank you that you've heard this prayer. And I believe you've come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just made that change, congratulations. We'd love to help you as you begin to walk with the Lord. We'd like to send you something we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It's free of charge for those who've made a first-time commitment to the Lord today. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-00-5011. Next time, more from Pastor Greg's series on the life of Moses. It's called Water, Fire, Stone. We'll see the value of reaching further than we ever have before. And we'll learn what great things God can do in our lives just past the edge of our comfort zone. Make sure you join us. Same time tomorrow for a new beginning. Now for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called God Enough. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 50
Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.